I got to tell you, man, does it not feel like Christmas? It does not feel like Christmas outside. I almost called earlier to the guys, the team, and said, hey, can we, like, knock it down to about, like, 40 degrees in here just so that at least feels feels like Christmas? I, I'll never forget the first time I, I moved to Florida, and I landed a job in a college. I was, my background is in music, and I I had uh, I, I was coming from the Midwest, as and I taught in college. And in that environment, at least in the Midwest, teachers wore long sleeve shirts and ties. So I came to Florida, and the chairman of the, the department, my boss, was in shorts, sandals, and a Bermuda shirt. And I thought, well, you know, maybe he's just not right, and uh, <laughs> something's wrong. But I, I started noticing everybody else. But see, I wanted that distinction between me and the students and me and everyone else. And so I kept my tie on, I kept my long sleeve shirt on, I kept my long pants on, and I would come to, to, to work every day to the school, and, and I, I just thought I was gaining all this respect from people because, see, I was creating this distinction. Until the boss called me in one day. He said, hey, lose the tie. I'm like, lose the tie? I'm a, I'm a professor of this college. I'm, I'm creating this, this distinction, this separation between me and the students. He said, exactly. That's a problem. I want you to be right down here with the rest of us because they think you're too professional and they can't talk to you. So I lost the tie. I went from a long tie to a bow tie. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I started learning how to dress as a Floridian, and all of a sudden, the the conversations between me and the students were quite different. I became one of them. This is the message of Christmas, is it not? That God was willing to become one of us, that he didn't stay away from us. It was truly an act of humility. In fact, we've been in our church services on Sunday morning We've been talking about humility for about two months. It's such an important core conversation to have because as human beings, that doesn't come natural. At least it doesn't for me. We have to work hard at, 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 at humility. I would venture to say tonight on a Christmas Eve that Christmas is the greatest act of humility in all of human history. It's, it is that point in the, in human history where not a great hero or not a great warrior or not a great, uh, uh, benefactor or, or any human being took a step down, but the God of this universe took a step down. So it causes us to look in the scripture and say, then let's really get a picture then from the lenses, looking through the lenses of humility, what the true meaning of of Christmas is because I think it helps us know how to live even differently. It, it, the model that, that Christ set forth allows us to, to look at that and say, okay, how are we going to look any differently? The Gospels of, of, of Jesus, which are Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, are brilliant pictures of who Jesus uh, was. And when you look at the beginning of each of the stories, each of the writers, had a different take on on Jesus. The same story, the same experiences, but a different angle. And each of them were very careful to say, now here's where Christ came from, and it linked into and aligned with the message that they were trying to, to lay out, that aligned, uh, aligned with the picture that they were trying to paint for us of who Jesus was. 
So, for example, the very first book, Matthew, he paints a picture and he says, now here is, here's the heritage, here's the lineage of Jesus. And he traced the lineage of Jesus back through David to Abraham because he wanted to prove, hey, this Jesus just didn't come out of anywhere. He came out of this Jewish line that was predicted for years and years. And Matthew was saying, that's important. I want you to see that. When you look at the Gospel of Luke, and that's where we get the enchanting uh, uh, Christmas story that we just saw here, these these kids kind of acted out. When you look at the the, the story according to Luke, he traces Jesus' beginning back to Adam because he said he wants to, us to know that okay, yes, Matthew, he he came from the Jewish lineage, but he was also a human being. He came through the the lineage of. Adam, and he understands us. He gets us as a human being. It's really interesting when you get to the book of Mark. There is no lineage because Mark says, I want to paint a picture for you that Jesus was a servant and servants had no history. Slaves had no lineage. Then you get to the book of Mark and it's the most mysterious of all the stories because he doesn't take us back to David and to Abraham or even to Adam. He takes us back beyond what our human minds can comprehend. He says, I'm, I, Jesus came from the very beginning. We begin reading tonight in the gospel according to John, the Christmas story according to John, chapter 1 and verse 1. As the Bible began, John begins his story in the beginning. Wow, right right away. We're not talking back to David, back to Abraham, back to Adam in the beginning. You see, the beginning, what we're told, what we're about to told, be told here is that the beginning did not start with a spore. The beginning did not start with a scientific bang. I know we have kids of all ages here tonight. What the Bible is telling us is that the that the beginning began with a person. It began on a very personal level. Watch. In the beginning was the Word. That's the name for Jesus Christ. So in the beginning was Jesus Christ, and Jesus Christ was with God, and the Word was God, that Christ was God. He was with God in the very beginning. Through Him, through Jesus, all things were made. Without Him, Nothing was made that has been made. Now, why am I starting this level? Here's, here's the reason why. My proposal to us tonight is that the level of humility of a person is how far they're willing to step down. Can I say that again? The measure of humility can be measured by how much I step down. If I have a million dollars and I give you a dollar, that's not much of a step down. If I have a million dollars and I give you $900,000, man, that's a huge step for me. I've given up a lot. That's a measure of humility. Well, here's the deal. Jesus didn't step down from some earthly palace. He didn't step down from a castle. He didn't step down from a governmental position. He stepped down from being with God in heaven. Now, none of us can comprehend what that means, but can you just imagine? I've always asked myself this question. I wonder what heaven smells like. Think about that for a second. 
Do you know magnolias, the smell of magnolias? I've often wondered, I wonder if heaven smells that way. I mean, it's got to have some fragrance. It's God. Why would he, why would he allow us to have roses and magnolias and, and barbecue and, and all those things that are sniffingly wonderful, right? And then we get to heaven and it's like, that's weird. It doesn't smell like anything up here. I'm sure it doesn't smell like sauerkraut. Uh, it's got to be better than that. But I wonder what that experience would be like. I wonder what the sounds of heaven are like. Paul said, the Apostle Paul in the New Testament said he was caught up to heaven for this temporary measure. And he says, I can't even write it down what I heard. I don't even know how to describe it in human terms. John, who's writing this book, wrote the last book of the Bible, the book of Revelation. It's a mind-blowing book. And all John could say was, when he saw things, it was like this. Because he was just comparing to what he knew from a, an earthly point of view. Just think of what Christ experienced for, 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 for generations, generations, thousands, thousands, thousands of years with the Father. In the perfect smelling place, in the f- perfect sounding place, and the, there was nothing corrupt about it at all. That says a lot about Christ. In fact, there are many verses, many passages in the Bible that give us just a little glimpse of that past. One is very profound, and crazy enough, it's from the book of Proverbs of all places. Proverbs chapter 8. Watch this. Speaking of Jesus in this very mysterious way when John says he was with the Father in the beginning. He was with God in the beginning. We get a little glimpse right here. Watch this. Proverbs chapter 8 verse 23. I was appointed from eternity, from the beginning, before the world began. I was there, speaking of Christ, when the heavens were set in place. Just just stop for a second. When God said at the moment, man, let's set the heavens in place. It had to be some kind of strategy. The way that the earth and the planets and the sun, they're all in place and they're always there. And there's exact measurement from the earth to the sun. If it were a mile closer, a mile further, we'd all fry or freeze. And in that moment, God said, I'm going to set it. Christ is saying, man, I was there in that moment when all that was taking place. I was there when the heavens were set in place. I was there when the horizon was marked out on the face of the deep. When the clouds were were established above and fixed securely the fountains of the deep. When the sea was given its boundaries so the waters would not overstep its command. Can you imagine when God said, there's the Pacific Ocean, boys. Look at that. And it's not going to go any farther because the hand of the Creator is there in Christ was experiencing all of that in eternity. He says, I was there when the Father marked out the foundations of the earth. Then I was the craftsman at his side. I was filled with delight every day, day after day after day after day. I had this perfection of bliss. It was it was spotless, he was saying. I was rejoicing always in God's presence rejoicing in this whole world and delighting in mankind. This, my friends, is what Jesus was willing to step out of. You get the picture. But the contrast is not only what he stepped out of, it's what he stepped into. Big difference. Watch this. John chapter 1, 
Verse 10, Christ was in the world, and here it is, and even though the world was made through him like we just saw, the world didn't recognize him, and he came to his own, the ones that he created, but his own said, no thanks. The creator of the universe. You see the contrast. So it's fascinating when you look at where he came from, where he stepped into, then you got to ask the question, why would a person do that? And that transfer from point A to point B is absolutely the, the greatest signification of who God is, the greatest representation of who he is, humble in his heart. Okay, so I guess most of you saw this week the faux pas with Miss Universe. Did you not? It's just excruciating. But in case you didn't, I brought some highlights for you. And so basically the wrong person was crowned. And the person that was wrongly crowned had just this sign of humility afterwards and how she, it was just beautiful. That was more beautiful than she was. She was a very beautiful person, but how she reacted was beautiful. But it was an excruciating moment. Let's take a look. There are two women left, Colombia and Philippines. Please join me over here. Miss Universe. Christmas, I brought that as a gift for you. Now we're all happy. It's, it's awesome. I don't know about you, but not as publicly as she had to undergo that experience. But there have been plenty of times in my life where someone took my crown off. There are those moments where I didn't take it off myself. Someone took it off. Someone lowered me. Some of you sitting in this room have had a very crown-removing experience in your life. It's that chapter that is almost embarrassing to talk about to others. It's those moments that when someone comes along and through some heart-wrenching moment, they lower us. Maybe they've talked about us. Maybe they've said something. Maybe they've done something. 
Maybe you've gone through a, a relational crisis and a crash, and it just and you just feel like, man, somebody just took the crown of everything. And we know how that feels as human beings. It's very rare for us to take our own crown off. That crown that we have of the things that we own, our egos, our positions, all those things, I sometimes feel that that crown weighs about a million pounds. And for us to reach up with our own effort and say, ah, I'm gonna, okay, I'm gonna lower myself, I'm gonna take that off. You see, the contrast of Christmas, the humility of Christmas, is that Jesus had everything. He had the Father beside Him. He had all the perfection that we've talked about. He had, He was rejoicing day after day. He was happy all day and day after day after day. What a crown to be taken off. And yet what we find is that he, he took it off himself. Watch Philippians chapter 2 verse 6. Christ being in very nature God, equal to God, did not consider equality God, with God to be something to be grasped. In other words, something to be held on to, to something to be not robbed of. He, he could have said, man, I'm, nobody's taking this away from me. This crown is super glued to my head. No one is taking the crown of eternity and I'm certainly not going to step that far down to earth with people that I know, even though I made the whole thing, are going to reject me. But the humility of Christmas is found right here. Christ, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped. But watch. But He took off His own crown. He made Himself nothing. There it is. There is the picture of Christmas. Taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. One of the greatest Christian writers, G.K. Chesterton, said it this way, The hands that had made the sun and the stars were too small to reach the huge heads of cattle that surrounded him, too small to change his own clothing or to put food in his own mouth. Amazing God, an infant Helplessness. It's the picture. Okay. This is the gift that God gives to us. But there is that moment where God now looks at us and He says these stark words, I want you to be like me. I want you to act like me. I want you to, to decrown yourself like me. This is how I want you to live. And it seems like our, our sacrifices are, they just pale into comparison to what He's done. So everybody knows this Christmas moment, don't you? When you have said, man, I, I, I've got this gift certificate and I, and I drove all the way to Panera and I spent $5, which is, if you know me, that's a lot for me. And I've got this $5 gift certificate, you know? And that moment where you, you do the gift exchange and, and you realize just in that, that split second, they bought me an iPod. You know what I mean? It's awful, is it not? You're standing there with your little $5 Panera gift card and they've got something that far outweighs the deal and then you want to say, oh, excuse me, I left gears in the car. And then you give them your iPod or your whatever or your firstborn child. I'm not opposed to that, by the way. It's that moment where you say, oh, my gift seems so small. So when God says, hey, I want you to be like me, it's like, well, really, what could I do? 
But God doesn't expect us to step from heaven to dirt. He expects, expects us to, to live out the humility of Christmas and step down from where we're at to somewhere lower. That's the humility of Christmas that he calls us to be. Watch. Ephesians chapter 5. Be imitators of God. In other words, be like him as dearly loved children and live a life of love just as Christ loved us and gave himself up as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. The Apostle Paul, who wrote much of the New Testament letters that we have, much of the New Testament said it this way. Though I am free and I belong to no man, I will make myself a slave to everyone, not just to to some people, but to everyone, to win as many as possible. He goes on to say, okay, to Jewish people, I'm going to be like Jewish people. I'm going to eat what they eat. I'm going to do their customs. I'm going to do all that so that I can step down from my, I don't have to do that. Paul's saying, "I, I can step right down, right to there. For people that are under the law, that obey certain laws, I'm going to do that for them. At one point, Paul said, I'm going to shave my head. But why? Because I, I want them to understand that I'm willing to take off my tie and my long sleeve shirt and my long pants so that I will break down the separation between me and them. Then Paul goes on to say, to the weak, I became weak to win the weak. I have become all things to all men so that by all possible means, I might save some. I do this. Are you ready? Here's the words. For the sake of the gospel that I might share in its blessing. So you may be sitting there tonight and think, okay, wow, God stepped down from heaven from eternity down to earth where he was rejected. How in the world do I do that? Can I give you a few ideas? Let me give you a few ideas. Some of you are managers sitting in this room. Some of you are bosses. You're the owners of your company. When is the last time you went into an office of your employee and say, Say something like this. Can you tell me where you think there are areas in my life I could work on? Watch their eyes roll back in their head as they grab for a pen and pencil and take a list. I recently did this with our staff. I went into each of their offices and I said, hey, tell me what I could work on that I could be a better boss, that I could be a better uh, you know, uh, manager here. Tell me what I could do. And then they told me, I fired them, and we have a new staff. It's pretty awesome. Works just like that. It's not only humbling, it's scary. It's not only humbling, but it's scary. Can you imagine the day that Jesus said, okay, it's time. Let's go. I'm not so sure that he was excited about it. It perhaps could have been one of those moments like Gethsemane where Jesus said, man, God, Father, if there's any way you could, if there's a plan B here, I'm, I'm open for it. But I'm okay. If, if you're okay with this, I'm okay with this. Hey, let me say something to the men. Maybe there are times when you come home and you're tired. You know, we're... How fantastic listeners we are. How our ma- the magnet in our thumb is attached to the magnet on the remote control of the TV. There may be some times where we have to say, you know what? I'm going to step down from what I want. I'm going to sit. I'm going to listen. I'm going to, I'm going to be that person. I'm going to exercise the humility of Christmas and step down. 
There are kids in this room. Maybe you're in third grade. Maybe you're in fifth grade, eighth grade. Maybe you're in, maybe you're in uh, 11th grade. Maybe you're in high school. You know that kid nobody wants to talk to? You know the kid that everybody makes fun of? And you wouldn't be caught standing next to because of what they would think of you? I know the routine. I've got a fifth year, a, a fifth grader and a seventh grader. And I'll say, hey, did you talk to so-and-so on the bus? He's like, Dad, he doesn't talk to me. He's, he's two grades above me. He, he won't do that. He, if, see, because if he, he got caught like in my seat with me and I'm in the seventh grade and he's in ninth grade, yeah, it's all over for him, man. He's lost all, he's lost all clout in the lunchroom. Maybe you're in ninth grade. I wonder if you'd be willing to talk to a seventh grader. I wonder if you'd be willing to, to have lunch with some other student in your school. You see how it works? You could think of something in your life where you say, man, I'm going to, I'm going to give up something and it, it will be a $5 gift certificate as a pair to, to, to Jesus's iPod. It will always seem this, this hugely different, but there's a reason why we do it. We do it for the sake of somebody else. So if I might, let me, let me use a baseball illustration, which is always scary when Steve starts talking about sports. I'll try to get it right. If you know baseball, <laughs> all right, let's stick with Beethoven. You know, in baseball, there's what's called a sacrifice bunt. A sacrifice bunt for the for the for the those that you don't that don't know much about it that you'll I'm joining right in with you. Is when there's someone on the base. Let's say they're on first place a base. They're a fellow player. They're on your team. And you step up to the plate and, and you're gonna kinda turn in toward the, 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 the ball and grab the end of the bat. How am I doing? And, uh, <laughs> and you're gonna knock the ball down just a little bit. That's my version of it. <laughs> but you know that you're going to be thrown out, most likely, at first base. And it's probably not gonna be good for your record and all your statistics. But you're doing it to further the person on your team so that they advance at your cost. That's what it is. Thank you. Merry Christmas to you. Thank you. I have a prize for you right here. Maybe the nicest thing anyone's ever done for me. I feel moved by that. Or maybe you were clapping because it was over. I could have been. When the batter, are you ready? Steps up to the plate for the sacrifice bunt. It wasn't his idea. You see, any batter wants the roar of the crowd when they knock it over the fence. This is our lives, is it not? I want to knock it over the fence with my job, with my profession, with my salary, with where I live. I want to knock it over the fence. We all have this, this thing in us called ambition, man. I want to, whoa, all the time. And then God steps in the world and He says, I want you to step down. I'm like, oh. See, because when that batter steps up to the plate, there's a third base coach. And the third base coach does that weird thing. And somehow that equates to a sacrifice bunt. Looks like they would just go, you know, or something. 
That would be easy. Because the batter would be like, what? Yeah, I wonder what the signal for, can you repeat that again? Like, and then they would get into it. And, you know, that would, that, would be, that would be pretty cool. So in that moment, if you're a batter and you walk up to the plate, man, you're, and you look over and you glance to the third base coach and he does the thing and it's the signal for a sacrifice bunt, there's something in that person that must say, okay, then I will do this and I know that it is for him on first base. See, in our case, it's different than a game of baseball. And here's why. Because in the spiritual realm, when we look over to the third base coach, it's Jesus. And we see the scars in his hands when he's given the signal. And we know that he did the ultimate sacrifice bunt. It makes it easier for us. You remove the humility of Christmas. We quite frankly don't know how to act, do we? I need someone to go first. I need a model. And the model is Jesus. That's why the humility of Christmas is found right here. For many of you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. That though he was rich. For your sake. When you were standing on first base. He hit a sacrifice bunt. He became poor. That you, through his poverty, might hit a home run and become rich. This is the humility of Christmas. Would you pray with me? Father, we're so grateful, God. Not just for the humility of Jesus, but the fact that he volunteered. And not just the fact that he volunteered, God, but the fact that he, of what he gave up. When we think and say it says a lot about him, we can't really capture it. Because we have no idea the magnitude of heaven, what it looks like, what it smells like, what it sounds like. We can only imagine, God. But we know, God, that it was so beyond our comprehension and joy and perfection and safety and the willingness, God, to step to this earth truly is moving on this Christmas Eve. Now, Father, your eyes lock in with our eyes. And then you say these words to us. I'm asking you to imitate this. And our gift seems so small. But the smallest step of humility, God, is a big move for us as human beings. So, God, may we be moved and, and, and engaged in stepping down for others, whether we're students, teenagers, Wives, husbands, bosses, employees. God, perhaps this week, perhaps this week, we would say, God, I'm stepping down. I'm taking the crown off. 
stepping into someone else's world. I'm loosening the tie. I'm wearing short sleeves. And I'm going to sacrifice bunt for the sake of someone else, God. May that be true in this Christmas season and in our lives. In the name of Jesus, amen.